Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. If you're anything like Sayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Preck. And today our guest is Brian Driscoll. He's a real estate investor, a digital marketing and SEO expert, and the co-founder of Motivated Leads, a digital marketing agency that helps real estate investors expand their portfolios quickly by generating quality motivated seller leads. He has over a decade of experience doing SEO for both large and small company startups and Fortune 500 companies. And he's also been recognized by Forbes and other major publications for his work perfecting it over the past 12 plus years. So we're really excited to have you on the show today, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So Brian, if you could give the listeners a little bit more about your background and you know, uh, talk a little bit about how you got started in real estate. Yeah, sure. So I have two different sides. You have the real estate and then also the digital marketing. Uh, digital marketing I got into back about 15 years ago. I was uh, just started monkeying around with it, was helping out a friend with his website and learned that I had a pretty good skill set there. So I gradually grew, hopped onto like, it was a website called Odesk back in the day, which turned into Upwork. So I started freelancing on the digital marketing. And um, that's how I got into the digital marketing space, grew into dealing with really large companies. And then about seven years ago, I was on Craigslist and I bought a property from a wholesaler. Like I saw a deal, bought it in a, and it was, it was awesome. Like it was a total fixer upper, had needed so much work. It was a dump. But at the, at the closing, I saw in the HUD, he made like 15,000 bucks. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should start trying to market for myself. So I set up a carrot website just to see if I could generate leads. And and that's how this began, marketing for real estate investors. Oh, got it. So, and so that's how you combined, that's how you combined your digital marketing expertise with getting started investing in real estate. Yeah. So when you were first getting started, you said you started, you know, you created a carrot website to start generating leads. What did that entail? Like if someone were to get started in real estate and were looking to, you know, set up their websites, wanting to make sure that, you know, they get proper traffic flow, what are some of the first steps that they would typically need to do or look for? Yeah, sure. So the first thing is the website. You have to have a place to send traffic. So I use Carrot. It's uh super easy to set up. Carrot's like a uh, it's kind of like a website in a box for real estate investors. So literally you go on, you sign up. I think I charge like 69 bucks a month. You buy a domain name, you link it, you upload a logo and your site's built. Like it, it, you can have a website in like 20 minutes. Or you can also go the conventional route too and like build uh, custom websites, things like that. But just to start, make it simple, get involved in the game and then tweak after is what I believe. And then for traffic, I mean, you have so many different options. Like you can do Facebook, you can do Google pay-per-click, you can do SEO. So, I mean, it's really however much time you want to spend marketing your website. And when you say SEO, can you specify exactly what that means? And for people who are, may not be familiar with SEO yeah, sure. and what that entails. SEO stands for search engine optimization. What that is, is it's optimizing your website or even better word than optimizing. It's, it's writing the content on your website to be unique 
and specifically picking keywords to rank for on each website. I'd probably be a little confusing on that. Let me so say for example, on say say we have a shoe store we're marketing for. We'd optimize and pick a keyword on the homepage for for shoes. First click in would be men's shoes. Second would be men's black shoes. So with real estate, we want to do the same. So we may want to uh, target like I'm in Pittsburgh. My homepage would target sell your house fast in Pittsburgh. And then the first click in, I would have an areas you serve page and we would have unique content on each page. And then we would have city pages also targeting the different boroughs. I think you guys have towns, like different parts of the country or boroughs or towns. Primarily what you're trying to do is when someone types in search, sell my house fast in Pittsburgh, we want our website to rank in the free section of Google so that they can come to our website and see what we're about. And so how would you even determine what are the most popular words to be able to add on to your website so that it's searchable and easy to find? Yeah, sure. So, so you do something called keyword research. There's a couple of websites you can use like semrush.com, arefs.com, it's ahrefs.com. But a lot of the big keywords too, or uh, sell my house fast in your city, we buy houses in your city, cash home buyers in the city. Those are some of the top keywords you're going to want to try targeting. And so is there like a rule of thumb when you're creating a website and you know wanting to add these SEOs onto your website so that you're more you're easily searchable? Is there a rule of thumb of how many you should add onto your website or is there like a limit to where it's like overload? Yeah, that's a good question too. So yeah, there is. So normally what I will do for for anyone who understands like on the back end of a website, you have a, on every page you have a title tag, a meta description, a heading, and then their body content. So normally we want to choose one target keyword per page and then a few secondary keywords like the sub-tier ones. So you want to have the target keyword in your title, meta description, and header tag one time. And then normally on a page of content, it's like 500 to 750 words. We want that phrase in there like three to four times. And you do want to make sure not to, it's called keyword stuffing, where you try putting that keyword in and the content doesn't read natural at all. So you want to focus and write content for the user, but make sure you have those phrases in there also so the search engine knows what your page is about. Got it. That makes sense. And so then I guess when you're researching, you're going to look for specific. So when you're doing your keyword search for the most popular types of um, words to be utilizing on your website, you're going to want to include it in, I guess, strategic areas within your website as well. Yeah, basically, because the search engines, all they're doing is reading text and code. So you figure you have those words in there and then just have each page specifically target one phrase. Like you might have, we buy houses in Pittsburgh, target that on, don't try targeting 30 keywords on one page, build a special, a specific page that's about each one of them. Got it. And so in terms of like lead generation on getting actually some more traffic flow, not just by searching, you know, like a somebody would go on and search for your website, you know, but there's other ways to create the lead generation. Something that you mentioned was like Facebook, um, Google pay for click or something like that. How do, would you determine which is kind of like the right for your own business? And then how do you optimize it so that you're getting the most traffic flow to your website? Sure. So, so normally I'll start in this space, in the real estate investing space, I'll start with Facebook ads first and then go Google pay-per-click and then SEO. Reason is Facebook gets you quick results. If you're looking at doing Facebook also, there's two different ways you can market on Facebook. You can do something that's called a lead form, which is where someone sees an ad in Facebook, they click the ad, and then they fill out their information right in Facebook. They never leave the site. That'll give you a lower quality lead uh, just because the people haven't read or know anything about you. I prefer if you're going to do this, do a conversion-based campaign where they click the ad, it sends to your website, 
they get to read what you offer and then choose if they want to fill out a form or not. So it, it kind of weeds out some of the lower quality traffic you're not looking for. Got it. And then like with Facebook, is there, I guess, like with their search engines and like how they have like the background scripts, is there a way to make it more optimized so that, you know, you're on the forefront of the people that you're targeting? Yeah. So what you're going to want to do is you're kind of going to want to build a funnel. So what what I mean by that is we'll show ads to people that have never heard about us before. And then whichever people engage with our ads or go to our website, we want to build an audience that we can retarget. So think about it like this. Think about, we show ads to people, they come to our website, they don't do anything. Kind of like when you go into Amazon and you look at a pair of shoes and it follows you around. We want to do the same thing here. So we're trying to see who's even interested. Sometimes you might even just put a video on Facebook and build an audience off of who watched half the video, and then you can retarget them and stay in front of their feed. So that's kind of how you would do it on Facebook. It's mainly build the funnels in the audiences and use retargeting. So for you, like based off of your experience and you know all the different people that you've met and your clients, how have you like? What are some of the biggest mistakes that they've made in terms of wanting to create more SEOs and creating lead generations that you generations that you typically see? Yeah. So the number one, like one of the top things I see is people trying to do Google pay-per-click and Facebook without putting the scripts, the tracking scripts on their website. Uh, One of the biggest benefits of Facebook and Google is their algorithms. So what you can do is you put code on your website that shows someone clicked and what they did on your website. And that's how you build those retargeting lists. If you're doing any digital marketing with both of those, the number one thing, make sure you get the tracking codes on the website so that the algorithms, because they they can do a lot. Like that's where the main power of that marketing is. Got it. And that's something that you're able to utilize with the, like if you were to utilize a carrot website or something like that, you can do all of that on that website. Exactly. And it's, it's really easy too. You just go into your Facebook ad manager, click pixels, copy the code and put it in your carrot website or any website. Uh, same on Google. Got it. And so when you determined that you were going to link up digital marketing with your real estate investing, how did that change? And how were you able to like establish from your own perspective? How are you able to create something that you know has generated more leads for yourself and to build up your own business? Yeah. So the marketing for ourselves here in Pittsburgh is booming. Like we we get I have so many leads, like I have an overflow, which I only invest in one zip code. So 99% of my leads are overflowed just because they're not in my area. So what I did is I partnered up with uh, one of the bigger wholesalers in Pittsburgh and I shoot all the leads over to him and we just JV on those deals. But it also allowed me too to start buying property. So I do a lot of buy and hold. So I have, um, it allowed me to build a portfolio, like 20 properties that are just rentals. So it allows me to grab those properties, fix them and uh, not have the competition whenever I'm talking with the owner. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Got it. And so do you think that most businesses would benefit from doing like a 
pay for a click or type of advertising on Facebook or Google Google ads. Yeah, 100%. If it's done right, like uh, you want to be careful when you're doing those types of things. Say you're doing Facebook ads, you don't want to do um, link clicks or campaigns to get likes. You want to figure out if you're looking for, say you're looking for leads, do a conversion campaign targeting leads. Or if you're selling a product, do something on a conversion targeting a purchase. And it can be very effective there. You just want to make sure you do them right. Otherwise, it's kind of just like wasting your money. Got it. So for you as an entrepreneur, you know, what has been, I guess, the biggest challenge for you as you're setting up and growing um, your own business? Boy, one of the biggest challenges, I'd say um, staying balanced. You know, I got, uh, I have three kids, like they're nine, seven, and six. So one thing is having my own business, I work a lot. So constantly with that struggle, finding that balance in your life. So you keep saying, you know, yeah, definitely. Especially with the three kids, they're in that stage where they're just curious about everything. And so keeping all of them, keeping up with their lives and keeping up with your life and your business as well, it's, it's definitely a challenge. Yeah, it is. So, and it's good. Like, you know, you have a kid, you know, it's, it's, it's a constant battle, but it, it's great. And so for you, you know, you focus on wholesaling primarily. So can you talk a little bit about you know, what about wholesaling interests you and how have you been able to build up like your real estate side? You mentioned that you partnered with another wholesaler out in Pittsburgh as well. Sure. So yeah, all the leads I get, I usually will go and I'll meet with a person and I usually buy them. Our, our real estate's a lot cheaper than yours too. We can pick up a property for like 100, 150,000, put like 30 to 50 into it and, uh, and then rent it out. But that's what I primarily do. And then the wholesaling is awesome because we can send the leads that don't fit what we're looking for. And, uh, just sell them for like five or 10 grand, sign the contract to somebody else. You know, so so that's awesome because we don't have to waste any leads that come outside of our area. They still come in if they're a good property, we can connect them with someone that deals with that area. So can you share a little bit about how you've been able to convert your leads into actual deals? Yeah, sure. So basically, like there's a couple of things. If you're going to generate online leads, call them extremely fast just because the competition will jump all over them. So that's one thing. But I have automated systems set up. So if someone goes to our website, they get a message quickly for us to go set an appointment with them. And the speed and being honest with the people, like mainly whenever I meet with someone to find out why they want to sell. It's not just about the property. Like they usually will have a problem that they're trying to solve. They might've inherited a house they can't afford to fix, or it's a hoarder house. They just don't want to deal with it. So find out what it is. And then usually once you find their problem, you can figure out, okay, is this a fit? Like, can we make a win-win situation here, you know? Got it. And so one of the things that I guess also in this day and age too, it's maintaining, I guess, the attention of people visiting your website. Um, a lot of times, you know, people can tend to go to the website, they'll look at a couple pages or whatever. If it doesn't interest them, doesn't catch their attention, they'll leave right away. How have you been able to keep the people on your pages, keep them interested? Yeah, sure. So that's a really important what you want on your website, you want to be extremely clear. So like even in your ads too, like sell your house fast. We're cash home buyers. We buy houses. Make sure the messaging is extremely clear. It's called being above the fold. So whenever you're looking at a website, you want it to be right on the screen. You don't want to have to have them scroll to either see a form or see what it's about. And then basically that's how we do it just with extremely clear messaging. So if they're not interested, they leave. And if they are, they know what we do. There's no confusion if we're a real estate agent or what we do. Mm -hmm. And then do you suggest like, you know, at the top, maybe if there's like a bunch of different links to click onto it, or is it, should everything just be consolidated on one single pages to maybe one or two different, different links? Yeah. Like I would have different pages, like I have the 
toolbar at the top with different pages you can go to. On the homepage, you want clear messaging and be able to collect a lead. But then it's good to have testimonial page. Like you'd have testimonials at the top. They can click that if they want to see testimonials. Uh, you can have a belt page that they can click that and learn about you because everyone's looking for something different with their. So you want to have different things that will show your credibility that they can see, okay, who are you? Because they're just looking, most people looking to sell are just looking for a local guy that's looks respectable. It's not going to pound them. It doesn't look like a big bank. Got it. And what's typically like a good conversion rate number, like for people visiting the website? Well, conversion from people visiting the website to submitting a lead form is probably about four or 5% average, 10% is great. And then also from converting leads, if you have a quality lead, you make them answer a lot of questions and you kind of vet them. Usually like a one out of 10 to one out of 15 would be a good close rate there also. Got it. So Brian, is there anything else that we need that we haven't really discussed about like SEOs and optimizing it and utilizing like the ads and everything like that to, you know, generate more leads that we hadn't really discussed yet that we should be aware of? No, that pretty much covers the basics. And I would just say, don't get mixed up in like trying to learn how it all works. Just set something up and learn while you're doing it. Like set up a Facebook page, set up an ad account, set up a website and just spend a couple bucks sending traffic there and watch what happens and then adapt. Got it. And so I guess also the next question is, how do you typically link it from your your Facebook to your website to your call to action on your website? Yeah, sure. Well, it's real easy. If you set up a Facebook ad, you'll set up, what you have is you have an ad text, which is the text above the image or, or video. And then you have the video and then uh, they have like a learn more button or a call to action on Facebook. So you just link that in the ad manager. You just put in your website. And then once someone clicks that ad, they go directly to your website. And then those, if you have a strong, like a decent website, you'll have the calls to action will be on there visible right when they load it up. Awesome. So Brian, for you, what is next for you and your team? Uh, next for us, we're just trying to uh, keep growing and keep offering uh, good quality and also pick up a bunch of properties. And so you also mentioned that you're primarily only invested in Pittsburgh. Right. Is that, I guess, can you talk a little bit about the market and why do you like Pittsburgh itself? And would you ever expand to other markets? Yeah, sure. Well, you know what? I don't even invest in Pittsburgh. I only invest in one zip code. The reason for that is I'm so busy. I don't have time to go look at the properties. So I just buy properties in the two miles, square miles that I live in. The market's great here though. Like our property values don't really fluctuate like most of the country. They are up a little bit right now and inventory is low. But like out in Cal- like where you're at in California, in Phoenix and different places like that, the, the market fluctuates a lot more. We can buy a property in an A, B class neighborhood for like a hundred grand that needs fixed, put like 30 into it and it appraises at like 230. So we don't need as much capital to do deals. It's one of the reasons I like Pittsburgh also, because you don't have to have like 750,000 just to get into a fixer upper. And typically for you, what's um, considered like a good deal? Uh, normally I'm looking for something that, well, I look at a couple of different things. See, I'm buying for rentals. So I'll usually pay more than other people, but I want to look at, say it's a $100,000 property. I use the 1% rule as a minimum, which means if it's a $100,000 property, that place, once it's fixed and has all the money into it, has to generate at least $1,000 a month rent. Ideally, I'd like to be like $1,500. So that's kind of what I look at for easy math when I'm on the spot. It's like, okay, if it's 150 grand, it's going to make at least 1500 Does that make sense or no? Got it. And then in terms of like the location, you mentioned that you invest in one zip code, but then are there like different, like specific neighborhoods that you look at that, you know, you would prefer over the other types in terms of like uh, the areas? Yeah. So there's different areas, like say in Pittsburgh, we have like the 
upper scale neighborhoods. Then we have like the middle and then the lower class, right? So I would usually like to stay in the middle to upper class just because, um, well, just because that's where I like to invest. Like I, the property values will go up, I believe, versus the low. Like there's two different strategies that I look at investing. Number one's like the buy and hold in the upper class neighborhoods. You're not making much cash flow, but you're making equity and the property values are going up. Versus if you invest in the lower class neighborhoods, you have a lot of cash flow, but a lot of times the property values in 10 years are still going to be worth what they're worth today. So it's kind of like a toss up. What's the goal? Do you, do you want to have the cash flow now or do you want to have the uh, appreciation in the future? Got it. And for you, Brian, how has real estate investing impacted your life? It's awesome. It gives me a whole bunch of freedom. Like I'm self-employed too. So I don't have 401ks, things like that. So I look at like buying properties and renting them. That is the 401k. So you buy properties, you're acquiring the wealth. People are paying off the mortgages on them. And in 20 years, you have a whole bunch of properties free and clear. You have to find them and remodel them and uh, do that. But that's the fun part, you know? So it, it kind of keeps you busy also. And for you, what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? How to find good contractors. So like initially, whenever I started, I just have guys come over and work on stuff. And uh, sometimes they wouldn't show up. Asking for referrals for contractors is huge. And um, I always get someone to look at the property with me too, whenever I'm purchasing it, like an inspection kind of thing, just to look, just so I don't over, overlook anything like mold or something that would be a real deal breaker. And what is one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? I think having thick skin. Like I think a lot of the guys that I know have failed a ton and they just keep getting back up to go more versus just, just quitting. Awesome. And then, so for you, Brian, also, um, I'd love to ask, you know, do you have any tools or techniques that have helped you in making your business more efficient? Yeah, I do. So um, that's a good question. So, well, number one, like well, I wake up extremely early in the morning, I'll wake up like 4 a.m. And the, the one thing I schedule my whole day out in the morning so that I can just react to all the other things that are popping up. But that's probably one of the biggest thing is just scheduling my day out knowing, okay, here's exactly what I need to do. So I'm not floundering throughout the day. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brian, for uh, sharing all of that. Appreciate it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, thanks. And so Brian, if our listeners want to find out more about you and what you're doing in, in the space, where's the best place that they can go to find out more? Yeah, sure. They just go to our, our website is motivated-leads.com. Yeah. If you want to chat or anything like that, just go fill out a form or give us a call. Awesome. All right, Brian. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. It was a good time. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.